like everything else. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TimingResearch.com crowd forecast news for November 28th, 2022. Mm. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and this is episode number 368. So uh, my name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of TimingResearch.com, and you should be seeing my screen right now. And uh, today I have arranged for Dan Passarelli and Anka Metcalf to join us for today's guests. And uh, the option professor is back to moderate. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him. Okay, great. We walked into a very active Monday morning, so a lot to talk about here. So we're going to get to it as soon as possible. But uh, right away, we're going to introduce ourselves so everybody knows who's speaking. Uh, start out with Dan. Dan, a little background on yourself and what's going on at your company. Yeah, sure. Thanks. So my name's Dan Passarelli. I've been in options for, oh man, like 26 years, something like that. Um, started down the floor, trading floor, worked my way up from runner to uh, become one of the biggest traders in my pits. And let's see, about 14, 15 years ago, started Market Taker Mentoring, which is a leader in option trader education. And we've been working on lots and lots of really great stuff um, in order to find great spreads like credit spreads and time spreads and even some, uh, you know, short squeeze action and lots of other stuff. And so maybe we'll talk about some that popped up on our screeners in this conversation. That'll be great. We'll definitely get to that as well. Uh, Anka, a lot of people already know you because you've been uh, uh, doing these things for a while. But uh, for people who are not aware, a little background on yourself, Anka, and what's going on at your company. Of course. Thank you so much, Jim. And thank sure. you so much for having me. I guess I'm having a little bit of an echo here. So please bear with me. I'm having the charts on one screen and actually the sound on a different screen. So I have to turn down the sound on the other computer in order not to have the echo. But anyways, so thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody for, um, you know, coming and joining us today. And I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. uh, my name is Anka Metcalf, and I am the CEO and founder of tradeoutloud.com. Mm -hmm. I have been a professional independent trader for more than 20 years. And prior to becoming a professional independent trader, I come with 10 plus years in investment um, banking. Um, uh, like I I said we do uh focus on uh trading uh, futures and equities i day trade futures for the first two hours uh in the morning and uh i swing trade and actively invest uh in the equities markets i also run a swing trading service for stocks uh since 2020 uh, uh 2010 actually and i trading room focused on two hours or less uh, since 2016. And uh, we do provide training education for stocks and for futures, uh, as well as um, you know swing trading, day trading, and investing. I like to specialize in high velocity moves. That means that you're getting the maximum volume into the market and you're getting power pushes <laughs> on either side of the tape. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Hey, Anka, a quick question on the uh, two-hour uh, trading situation. Is that picked out because it's a more convenient time for most traders, or do you find that to be the most advantageous part of the day, or what do you think? I trade with the open. Uh, okay. I trade the open because that is when the power, uh, usually the power push is coming in and you're okay. getting the institutional participation. Right. You're getting a lot of participation from triggers that are coming in from the New York trading session and also from the start of the algos. And I typically benefit from the first hour, hour and a half 
in trading, that is where the basically the most volume is into the market. And then again, if, for example, you know, this is how I trade, but also a really great way to trade is the first hour and the last hour, because that is when you're having pretty much equivalent volume into the market. Yeah. Yeah. I figured uh, the beginning of the days where there are a lot of volatility hits, a lot of volume hits, ergo, mm -hmm. a lot of opportunity to be had, particularly if you're only going to be in there for one day. You obviously want to be in there when the action is uh, most uh, most probable, right? Yes. I got you. I'm with you. I thought it might be because everybody wants to play golf after 10 o'clock. And so <laughs> that too, or go to the beach. I thought that was it. Okay. Uh, let's start out with our Monday morning quarterback. Monday, no, actually, it's the opposite of Monday morning quarterback. This is a Monday question of the day. Uh, we opened today on the S&P E-mini. I'm going to look at about 39.95. So from 39.95, where do we think the market will close on Friday? Of course, we got jobs Friday coming up, so not a not an easy question. But uh, where do we up, down, or sideways from 39.95? Uh, Dan, what's your call? Well, we're looking at the 200-day moving average, which, you know, of course, is this really, really strong pivot level, and that's going to act to hold things down. Um, there's talk about interest rates not being raised as much, but they're still being raised, right? Uh, the Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve is pricing in a 67, the CME is pricing in a 67.5% chance of 50-point uh, hike next time. 32.5% chance of a 75 point. So I'm going to call for a little lower by Friday. We're looking for an exact number here, Prof. Nope, nope, just a, a ballpark. So from third, and of course, you got a head start at 14 points. So that's not bad, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's always nice to get a lead. If you can get a lead, keep the lead, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I think something to the tune of maybe three, 390 or something. I'm not looking for a big drastic move down. No. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a couple updates this week, too, but I'm looking yeah. at lower on front. Choppy to lower. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what's your uh, probability on that? 60, 40, 52 to 50, or yeah, a little bit higher? Or what do you think? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of scrutiny and everything everybody's saying these days people are yeah. looking for a reason to sell off um i mean i'd put it at a good 65 delta 65 delta okay anka what's your crystal ball talking about well i'm not liking the 200 simple moving average just like dan mentioned above that's a huge road bump for price and mm -hmm. i think it's just uh a little bit too much right now especially on low volume for the price to go up i'm uh looking at a pullback most likely to the 20th ma uh probably into the 3900 3950 to 3900 however i still use another moving average i use the 10 exponential moving average mm -hmm. and i have to say that um if you're looking at the daily chart, if you add that 10 EMA right there, uh, the price has been trading above the 10 EMA since the beginning of November. So we have that as a power trend indication. Mm -hmm. uh, so as long as the price action is defending the 39.80 area, I think that, you know, there's still a great chance for a bounce because if you're looking throughout the chart, there was a bounce uh, on the 17th. Here it is. Yeah, thank you. So we had that pr prior pivot bounce right off that 10 EMA. So the price action is really trying to break out a little bit here. Um, so you probably want a percentage from me, right? Yeah, of course we do. <laughs> of course we do. Well, it's really hard to, uh, you know, kind of like, a, you know, predict this kind of action, but yeah. I would have to go 
uh, toward the mild pullback going into the 39.50, probably into 39 by the end uh, by the end of the week. Yeah, so just a moderate uh, little bit of volatility because uh, we're in the holiday season and all that stuff too, right? Right. I'm not uh, really a big fan of low volume and high volatility because that's where the whip is happening. Right, right. Um, okay, Dan, I got a VIX thing for you here before we get into anything else. Uh, my feeling on the VIX is where we're down at 20, which was the high point on the market in January, February, April, and August. And after we hit that 20 area, we definitely got substantial drops every single time. But my feeling is the VIX is either telling us one of two things. Either we're going to get a repeat of those things I just mentioned, or Big money is comfortable putting money in the market when the VIX is in this area, because obviously they don't want to put it in the market when the VIX is at 35. So if large money is more comfortable here, will that offset the fact that we um, historically have gone in the tank after this kind of thing? What's your feeling on the VIX at 20? Uh, you know, I love I love the VIX being at 20 because it gives a really nice opportunity to pick up some more puts. And uh, thanks for the reminder on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And, I mean, and, you know, like I say, you have four uh, distinct uh, evidence uh, what happens when the VIX hits 20 this year. So it's not like, uh, you know, this is an area where you're just far fetching saying we could drop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the uh, tail wagging the dog thing where mm -hmm. the options market leads. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people love talking about that. But, you know, you do get a little bit of, of that when the VIX gets down to these levels because the smart money does step in and buy some cheap puts. Yeah. And that means market makers are selling puts and therefore selling stock and supply. Price. Yeah. The um, options, uh, as we know that many people may not understand is uh, it is priced for what has already happened. That's why they call it implied volatility. So you're going to pay for what has happened. I don't think it's telling you what's going to happen at all. I think it, what it is telling you is what has happened. And of course, if it's accelerating the implied volatility, of course, that's indicating that the momentum is quite big, but it's not generally telling you uh, that it has to keep going in that direction. It basically tells you you're going to pay for whatever has occurred. Yeah, you know, volatility data is a lot murkier than a lot of people, uh, you know, let on to. Um, yeah. you, you tend to get an inverse relation between implied volatility and the underlying equity about 80% of the time, typically, mm -hmm. uh, at, at least in, in you know, the S&P 500. Um, but A, that means 20% of the time they move in tandem. Mm-hmm. And it's never a direct relationship. If one's up 1%, the other one could be down 5% or whatever. So yeah, there, there, there's, there's a lot of muddiness when looking at that and uh, really need a very, very cautious eye to extract data. Yeah. If we were going to go up towards the 4,100, 4,200 area uh, and not have a big correction, you would assume uh, that the VIX will blow out 20 yeah, yeah. I think if we if we got up to that level in the S and P five hundred, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're going to end yeah. up being below twenty, and that's going to become a resistance uh, level yeah. in the VIX. Yeah. So it's very, I think, you know, very big crunch time here, uh, and uh, it'll be very interesting. Plus, you got the China thing going on. Anyway, let's turn to Anka. And Anka, is there any uh, fundamental, technical, or anything going on out there that's uh, skewing your opinion uh, this week or, or any time coming up soon? 
Well, we still have some data, uh, fundamental data from earnings uh, that we're still having. So there are still, uh, you know, stocks like Intuit or um, uh, Big Lots or whatever that is reporting. So we still have a bunch of Chinese stocks that will be reporting again this week. But I think that we should focus more on uh, some numbers that will be released this week. Um, and uh, I'm talking about the ADP non-farm uh, employment change that is going to come on Wednesday. Also on Tuesday, I forgot about the CB, cons uh, CB consumer confidence that comes in at 10 o'clock. Uh, so we st still have a lot of releases. Plus, Powell is going to be speaking on Wednesday. <laughs> That's going to be a big doozy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have the ISM manufacturing PMI on Wednesday, uh, on Thursday, I think. And then on Friday, you know, with the usual non-farm employment change, unemployment rate, average hourly earnings. So all this data is going to uh, shake and bake the market a little bit. Um, I'm also, you know, kind of like... Uh, uh, a bit hesitant into jumping into the market uh, aggressively. Uh, and I was like this to start off the week. First of all, very low volume. We're not even having half the volume. Today is actually the equivalent of what we had on Black Friday, volume in the market. So we're not that. getting the price, which is true to technicals, true to anything. It's just a whip around. You know, there are some algos that are dancing around, probably some re bored retail traders that are in front of the computers, just like us right now. Right. Um, right. But uh, I think the action is going to come with uh, once we uh, hit the, uh, the first of the month, December 1st. Right. Uh, we're still expecting a big balance in the market mm -hmm. uh, with the end of the month this week on the 30th. So there are a lot of things that are happening today and through Wednesday. But I think once we're all done with that, uh, all this data is actually going to help us, you know, try to choose a direction into the market. So it's all up to these uh, to this data. Uh, to see where we're going for the week. And like you mentioned earlier, I think China is going to be a really big factor into oh, yeah. everything that it will be going on this week. Yeah. Uh, Chinese stocks and whatever is happening there, I think it's going to have a really big, big impact. I mean, it's been uh, it's been hitting Apple, right? Yeah. Uh, with the productivity of their plant in um uh, in China. Time. So right. yeah. we'll see if that's going to extend. I mean, you have cities like Beijing, you have Shanghai, you have Wuhan, you have some of the most important cities and, you know, factory hubs, plant hubs that are affected by um, by all this uh, um, thing that is going on there. So uh, we'll see. So there are a lot of things. We have geopolitical aspect. We have economic aspect that may shake, shake and bake the market a little bit. Plus, we still have a little bit of earnings left. Yeah. So it'll be quite a bit going on. Plus, the dollar uh, looks like it might have uh, done with the, its correction a little bit. Uh, went down about 105, and uh, you know, it seems to uh, have drifted upward again. So that little advantage the market was having is not uh, continuing. And the 10-year note went down towards 360, and now it's kind of gravitating the other way. So it'll be uh, interesting uh, to see if they can get going here. Dan, mm -hmm. anything anything you're looking at uh, here on a fundamental technical basis? Uh, I got to tell you, it's like the funniest combination oh. that I was watching this morning as yeah. oil and Tesla, they were both going higher. So how ironic was that? So oil was going higher today. I think that, you know, we're revisiting the prior low from September, from end of September right now. Yeah. And uh, today is going to be pretty decisive on uh, that candle that, uh, you know, probably it's going to, let's see if it's going to close like a hammer candle, but typically it, it looks like a short squeeze into the 80 bucks mm -hmm. uh, 
and uh, also Tesla running higher as well. So these are uh, these are the two things that I'm watching right now. So Tesla is very interesting uh, with the candle that it has today and yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, if we trade over today's high, we're going to 80. And uh, that's my bias. And um, uh, Tesla looks higher as well. So these two. Yeah, and, uh, if we put up the Tesla chart, uh, it looks like uh, the low uh, from Friday, which it looks like about 166. Uh -huh. uh, looks like it could be the kind of low that uh, you could get a reversion, another reversion rally, because you can see. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's oversold and you got a nice formation, a low surrounded by higher lows and you got an RSI divergence down the bottom. So, you know, you got a lower low there, plus the RSI didn't make a lower low. So, you know, you got a shot that it could rally up here. Um, again, they just struck a deal with Korea or they're starting to. So uh, mm -hmm. it looks like they're an Indonesia. I'm sorry, Indonesia. I think he's over there doing some kind of a deal. So he's definitely out there expanding the uh, footprint around, you know, maybe getting off of the reliance on China a little. Mm -hmm. that, but, yeah, that may help uh, Tesla a lot. And then Tom, Dick and Harry's got to be short by now. So get, just getting them to short cover can give you 10 or 15 bucks probably, right? Yeah. All right. Hey, Dan, did you have something uh, else on your uh, radar that you're kind of looking at that you think might be interesting? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, just a lot of the stuff that Anka said, I'm looking at, you know, very similar things. Um, we were talking a little bit, though, uh, before we got on about uh, about crude, for example. Yeah. And if you look at a chart of crude, I don't know if you guys want to throw it up or you want yeah. to. And I love that you have RSI on the bottom because that tells a but yeah, you know, if you crude, so like, let's not forget that when it comes to, you know, actual real macroeconomics, which can get really funky some of the time, you know, like right now we're in a state where, you know, if there's, if there's good news about the markets, um, well then what does that mean? That means that uh, interest rates have to stay high and, you know, that's bad for the markets and, you know, that whole thing goes back and, mm -hmm. but when we're looking at crude, <clears throat> Let's not forget that lower crude prices are great for productivity. It's an input cost into stuff that is created mm -hmm. um, that is that ends up benefiting the bottom line of, of companies that use crude with basically all of them, right? Um, and we do have, uh, we've got a little bit of a longer term divergence there in RSI. If we mm -hmm. go back to, let's see on the chart that I'm looking at, it looks like about September. Do you want, do you want to share your screen? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I can pop it up for a minute. Get back. Okay. You should be able to. Yeah. I mean, if we go back to September 26th here and, um, you know, I mean, I am just sort of using the nice crude for a little bit. Um, but but are, you think, at, are you thinking the 7350 uh, was kind of like a uh, run the stop? You're a floor guy. Was it kind of like run the stops and now we're going to go back up? Yeah, I mean, it appears that way because we're, we, we've we got just, a, you know, we, we hit that low today here mm -hmm. and the relative strength index, you know, gave us a little bit of a turn up and, and didn't hit below the 30 line like it did back in September. So, yeah, I mean, I think we, I think we could see that. Yeah. And 84, 85 might be 80 to 85 would be the region it might jump into. Yeah, I think we'd be looking at some of the resistance with the 50-day moving average. And, right. uh, you know, if the 20-day if moving average fails, that we likely see it bounce back down. Well, that looks like a good opportunity a little bit. And so does Tesla as far as uh, potential, um, you know, overreactions to the downside and then, a, and then, a, and then a, a bounce back up. Both of those look interesting from a standpoint of a trading opportunity, huh? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just uh, interesting you know, that that RSI right here and it's following through a little bit. You know, we've seen some stuff like that in a couple of different stocks and it's it's been interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, as far as, um, uh, you know, the other sectors, I mean, are you seeing anything emerging in the gold area? Because uh, some of the ratios, longer term ratios like stocks to gold shows gold as a very undervalued asset to stocks right now. And uh I'm wondering if there could be an opportunity next year in uh, in industrial metals or or uh, precious metals. The reality is that, yeah, we have been sideways since 2020. Uh, and again, we have been into a really wide sideways pattern uh, from 1600 basically to a little over very close to 2100. And the price action has been really choppy, really chaotic. The price action hasn't gone anywhere. So it was just it's just a big giant mess. Right. Uh, there is uh, uh, some hope. So, for example, this month is the very first month, actually, in more than, you know, almost almost more than half a year uh, where the price action mm -hmm. proved that it lifted a little bit. So it lifted off of above that $1,600, $1, but it's still out in a gray area. I think that it's still in, a, in the core of that massive, let's say, if you're looking at a monthly chart, you could see like the really wide range and the really wide transition. It's a bull, I would say, let's say it's a bull, a bull base into the top uh from the prior top that we've had in uh when was it in 2009 or yeah. i'm sorry i think it was in 2012 or something like that um so the prior high exactly where you're holding uh, the cursor right mm -hmm. Uh, and the 2011. So yeah, we're still digesting that prior high. And typically gold, if you're looking at the bottom um, action that we had from 2013, when the price started to lift a, a little in 2019, you know, it tends to stabilize for a very long time. So you have to be very patient if you're looking into a longer term gold. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't even liked it for short term for day trading, you know, let right. alone for swing trading. So I think that you know this is something that we're gonna have to wait and see you know how it trades you know before it actually commits i mean it's all nice and fun when you're having a downtrend or you're having an uptrend the reality is that it's still into an uptrend so and that base that we're having right now from 2020 till now it's mm -hmm. still an upper range so it's into that channeling into that let's say into that third stage into that third cycle of decision so it hasn't broken down but even if it breaks down for example to 1400 it's still going to be in an uptrend on monthly yeah. so I, and that I would that would like be a, that would be that would be a fabulous uh, place to start looking at i people. know yeah. <laughs> 1800 yeah, obviously 1800 area is a neighborhood where on a lot of yep. the stuff that i look at it's a real yep. traffic it's a traffic jam of moving averages so exactly. above that, above that 1800 uh, it would be kind of like uh, taking the lid off a little bit. Yeah, if it bites into that 1800 and stays above, then we may have a chance. And I think it's going to move in small increments, going to go like 1850, mm -hmm. 1900, 1950, 2000, because it has resistance levels from each 50 bucks. How about a couple of industrial metals? Uh, FCX is your copper and X is your steel. Let's look at those two and see if they may have a future, especially if you look at the longer term graphs like we were just looking. 
we actually had a trade uh, in FCX and we uh, well, we we exited the trade, but it was yeah. a really good, uh, you know, like swing trade. So we nothing long term. But right. uh, yeah, uh, we bought it at 32 bucks and we sold it at 38. Yep. Um, and right now it's actually basing very bullishly. I, I actually like it. And I think that copper is a good indication that, uh, you know, the economy may be going a little bit steady. I'm not saying, you know, growth, but I mean, it's not giving up. So um, oh. I think that if it breaks out $38 again, uh, 38 to 38.50, I think it may have uh, it may have a shot to $42 to $43. Like I said, you know, um, I'm taking baby steps into the market. I'm not getting greedy into no. this kind of market. No, you can't uh, trust it, anything. Yeah. yeah, it has a strong chance of going a little bit higher. But if it mm. breaks below, then I see a pullback to 35. 35 is also, you know, kind of like that area where it's still into that support. So yeah, it may not be a bad idea. So FCX then also X. Yeah, I thought uh, X, I think I think X. I mean, if they have a um, a yeah. um, infrastructure bill, I mean, this mm -hmm. stuff really has got a lot. Especially if you went back long term, because you know, on a longer term graph, you can see kind of like Freeport McMoran was at eight or ten dollars. Yeah, that's kind of like what steel looks like to me on a long term graph. Because if you go mm -hmm. back uh, many years, uh, when things get cooking, it can really go. Yes. And the uh, the thing is that if it clears out the 20, 26 to 27 bucks, yeah, it could really go into a short squeeze. Yeah. So we can look at the room it has into that prior pivot from, yeah. oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. From uh, from uh, April. Yeah. And like I say, if an actual infrastructure, because, you know, again, a lot yeah. of these metals, uh, the mines are not, they're not making any new mines. And uh, they um, obviously have a high cost of trying to uh, extract. So mm -hmm. the supplies, you know, in the future, a lot of people are thinking a lot of uh, tangible things are going to be in short supply, like food, because there's no, uh, you know, lots of farms going on and uh, metals, because there's not a lot of mines going on. And then, of course, oil, because, you know, the, um, the supplies have not increased, you know, these guys are returning money to shareholders. They're not looking for more oil. Yeah. And so. I also wanted to share something else. Like if we are going to hit a recession, mm -hmm. have you guys looked at Campbell's soup? Like no. these are the type of stock. Campbell's soup is actually going into a massive breakout. It has a multi-year resistance uh, range, in, oh, range, multi-year multi resistance into the 55, very close to $55. That's it CBP, yeah, yeah, CBP, yeah, CBP, I mean, yeah, and yeah, um, these are the type of stocks, yeah, like Campbell's soup, Hormel, you know, craft. I think what about craft? Craft any right. is craft any good? Craft, um, um, KHC, no. yeah, craft too, craft yeah. too. Look at the breakout, yeah, see, they're all in a breakout point. And that's a big, I think Buffett's still got a good size position in that thing, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. His patience might pay off at some point here, right? I think so too. I think so too. Uh, Dan, you were going to get into a few things that you're kind of looking at. Uh, do you want to either share your screen or uh, tell David uh, what charts you want to look at? Uh, yeah, you know, we were looking at, uh, let's take a look at MP, David. Don't um, just maybe, yeah, like a year range, daily, daily candle. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, so, I mean, this is one that's been pretty interesting. I've been watching this one for a while. We've had um, a couple of what we call red knockout uh, symbols over the two of them over the past year, where um, back in August, we get this nice little pattern where we get several green candles in a row, just like a mini little red case of pullback. And, and you often see it take off from there. We don't have that set up now. 
But having busted through the 50-day moving average and the 20-day moving average, un until today anyway, seemingly hanging in there, bouncing above that 20-day moving average, I think, I think that we could get a little bit of follow-through up to the upside. Uh, I think we're going to have to see what happens by the close of business today. Um, and, you know, actually, we're looking at, uh, Anko is looking at uh, FCX. If you don't mind, let's take a quick little look back at um, because I'm kind of agreeing with what she's saying um, and adding my own two cents that if we get the bounce off the 200 day moving average here and, you know, like that's a pivot point. If you go back for a year, we've seen some coagulation going on at this like 35 ish dollar level. Um, and, you know, the question becomes how to play it. You know, clearly we can just go in and buy the stock, but you know, like this is one of these, like there's a lot of weird stuff in the market right now. That's very different than we've seen mm. over the past few. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like Anka, you just gave like some good examples of stocks that are, are kind of making runs to the upside on this down day. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's still, I don't trust this rally. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but, and, and so that brings me to, to a good point. Like how would we play this FCX? Exactly. And um, like the the historical volatility uh, is six, about sixty three, but the options like you can buy in FCX, uh, you can buy like some eighteen day calls for about a fifty two volatility. So you know, for those of you who aren't like you know real into the nitty gritty of option pricing and volatility and all that. Basically, what that means in lay terms is, you know, you can buy calls which are limited risk and actually get them for for value for for cheaper than you should be getting them, which just makes the time decay less, just makes what you pay less, your risk less, and reward more leverage. So I I, I like I like calls in FCX, you know, carefully carefully. Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't try very much, but if you're going to play it, that are you uh, thinking the energy shares like uh, MRO or uh, uh, Suncor SU or uh, Halliburton Schlumberger? Are they just pulling back, or is it uh, game set match a little bit here? What do you think? Oh man, you know these have been so strong for yeah. like a year. Um, I don't and know. We've lost twenty percent of the value of the underlying crude, but these people, I guess, you know, are very profitable now because when that crude got whacked in twenty twenty, I guess maybe they got lean mean, and now they can handle uh, lower prices. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's a possibility. I haven't really dug into the financials of uh, some of these, but um, yeah, you know, it's tough. This is another one where maybe I mean the just looking at Marathon here, the implied volatility being reasonably fairly priced. To be honest, I hadn't really looked at it before this. To tell you the truth, but this could be interesting little straddle. Yeah. Yeah, because you know. if it breaks under uh, 30 substantially, it's got a good four bucks on the downside. And then uh, if it got above 32, because it blows out the high point, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you can buy the at the money 30. So the the December 16th, 30 strike straddle for like $2.70. Mm. And, you know, just looking that looking at that and very simple textbook analysis of a, of a straddle, like our break even becomes 3270 over 18 days. So, you know, your question, is this a, a pull, pullback and we run higher? Well, that, that would be running higher. 
Um, or is it a break in the action? And so $2.70 lower than that puts us at what? 27.20, which, I mean, if we break through the average. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking of straddles, I was going to throw a couple of stocks up there. Do you like to look at a straddle after something has made a major move? Uh, like let's put up uh, Macy's and Ross stores as examples. Uh, M is Macy and Ross stores OS. So, you know, the retail sector has gone a little nuts here, right? And uh, at this area up here, uh, wouldn't a straddle be something you might consider? Because either 24 is going to go back to 20 or 24 could just keep going. Yeah, I I love looking at straddles. Uh, the, the, they're tricky, you know. They're tricky to trade. So, like, mm -hmm. you always have to look at how much can I pay for the straddle versus how far can this thing move, right? Yeah. And um, so you know, let's take a take a look. And I'm I'm using 18 day straddles arbitrarily. I, I always like to go at least 15. Yeah. And, you know, in the month of December, you're going to have a jobs report and you got another jobs report Friday and you're going to have the Fed uh, decision and you're going to have the PCE, you know, the personal consumption coming out. So there's going to be a lot hitting the fan, not to mention about uh, will this China situation accelerate or not. So, you, you know, the next, uh, you know, three to four weeks or something, uh, you've got nothing but um, stuff hitting the fan, right? And yeah, st stuff hitting the fan should indicate uh, volatility, maybe, right? Exactly, right. Yeah. You know, chance for the the proverbial Santa Claus rally mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, the Grinch version of that too. Um, but it, you know, in Macy's, you can buy an eighteen day straddle for about two dollars and twenty five cents. So, oof, I mean, geez, like like let's see, the range for today today was pretty tight, but I mean, two dollars and twenty five cents doesn't put us really all that far away from where we are i mean we're two dollars and 25 cents lower five trading sessions you know rost might be a better opportunity because it has more volatility and of course when you're buying straddles your bet is volatility mm -hmm. so let's look at rost and you can see there's gaps there it's uh up uh what 40 50 percent in a month mm -hmm. and um you know uh, this thing better keep getting uh, good news to give it more gasoline or that's an engine that could go into stall maybe huh yeah, so this one, so we can buy a straddle there for dollars and cents. Looking at basically, could we close the gap in eighteen days? Right. If you went, to, if you went a month, uh, does it go from seven to nine, or does it go to seven to eleven? Because a lot of people never uh, price out just a little bit more time. Because sometimes a little bit more time is not that uh, much more money. Yeah, valid point. So if we go, if we go to 32 days, we actually do get, um, you know, what us option traders would call a lower volatility, which basically just translates into a lower relative price, like longer term straddles always cost more, but yeah. these costs, uh, well, let's say less more than they should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um the strikes start to get a little, uh, they get $5 apart. So we might be looking at like a strangle or something here. Yeah. So $6 and 70 cents. I mean, going out a full month, um, $6 and oh yeah. Going out a full month. Uh, so either $6 and 70 cents above 20 or $6 and 70 15. Moral to the story is, yeah, it's not, it's really not a bad idea to go a little bit further out because holy moly, 32 days from now. Uh, and based on that RSI and where this price is and the gap, uh, you might even favor the put side, meaning uh, raise your strike on the put and raise your strike on the call because the call you're really only buying more or, more or less as insurance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right.
right. I mean, the puts you you can get a nice underpriced put uh, with a massively overpriced RSI with a big gap to fill. The only thing that scares me a little bit about that, though, is just that there's I mean, there's no resistance for the past year. We have to go back to, uh, well, I guess really just over the truth. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I I it certainly, like it certainly had a, uh, a good dip uh, in April when we hit that high point on RSI. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. I mean, holy moly. And then in, in August, it had a decent dip of about 10 bucks. But yeah. with this kind of an up move, if they change the music, uh, there's got to be uh, a little bit of a vulnerability on the downside if they could break it. Looks like yeah. 115 would be the start of something, maybe. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can definitely see some beta too. If what we were talking about earlier in the show uh, happened and the market just sells. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this thing obviously would probably be uh, in there with that. Um, Anka, do you have a few stocks uh, that uh, I know you have some stocks you're watching. Why don't we share some of those? Of course. Okay. Let's share. So it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's <laughs> a, remember we had friends giving, I don't know. What do you call it? What follows friends giving, uh, you know, uh, acquaintances sharing. I don't know. <laughs> Traders giving. Traders giving. Okay. Oh, anyway. So I was mentioning earlier, you know, this food theme with Hormel that is going to report this week. I I think they're going to be reporting on Wednesday, but it's okay. very interesting the way it's setting up. We talked about it and we shared the chart already. Uh, Campbell's Soup as well, which is, you know, kind of like opening the door for uh, higher prices over that 53, 54. Um, also, um, uh, General Mills, uh, GIS uh, mm -hmm. as sure. well. Uh, that's a watch for a pullback area. These are all very good contenders because some of these names are already trading into the highs of the year uh, or getting very close to the highs, the high of the year or trading above the high of the year. So these mm -hmm. have been consistently positive throughout the whole entire year. I think these are going to be very good contenders for December because December is a little bit different. We know that stocks that have been beat up the whole entire 2022 are right. going to continue to sell. So bottom picking is not going to be a good idea going into December. We could do that in January, but in December, let's focus more on these high flying stocks just for, because Dan mentioned something, the Santa Claus rally and window dressing. So we have that whole thing, uh, that whole thing going on into, yeah. uh, into the end of December. And I think we have to bank on that and just focus on stocks that have been running. So uh, this one, uh, GIS, very strong, as you can see it right there. Any kind of pullback, I think it's viable. It's a little bit extended. If you guys are doing options, you know, then you don't have to wait for pullback. But for me, as a you know, swing trader, a trading, a, a, a trading common, I need a pullback for that. And, you know, to some of the list, these consumer goods, you know, like uh, Kellogg's, like Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. uh, Pepsi, um, uh, Altria. These yeah. are all like if you want some symbols, CAG, for example, mm -hmm. uh, that would be the first one. Um, and uh, uh, this is Conagra Foods. This is setting up actually uh, CAG, 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 CAG. Uh, that's it. 
Okay, this is actually again super strong. So you can see that they're pretty much into the same pattern. So it's like carbon yeah. copy. Right? Yeah, it's all and food, all food, right? All food. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I want to. I'll tell you right now. Just a quick thing is, is that on General Mills, you know, uh, a cereal like Total. Uh, I remember before all the nonsense, it used to go for like five bucks, and now it, it went up to like eight bucks. And their idea of a sale, it's at like seven dollars and eighty cents. So, I wow. mean, they, these guys are not cutting prices on food. No. And, and obviously, uh, they're, and you know, they seem to trend. I'm just looking at a one month graph that I use with a, mm -hmm. with a uh, 12 SMA. Gave you a nice buy signal at 78 bucks. You're still in there. It's at 83. And only if it mm -hmm. got under like 8250, would you uh, maybe get a bend in this thing? So that's a pretty, you know, swing trader, uh, 70, 77 to 83 and uh, six bucks in your pocket in a, in a, in a a week or two nothing wrong with that right yeah so i'm thinking like let's you know kind of capitalize on this little theme because i think everybody's so focused on the tech like yeah. all the chatter on social media and on tv it's it's all about tech yeah. you know? well but people have little... made money in the past on tech but they can't right. they're having a hard time understanding that the uh, the music <laughs> has changed <laughs> yeah, exactly they're, they're dancing yeah. to a wrong song now you know exactly exactly so cag looks very strong looks like it wants to go higher kellogg's k is the ticker symbol mm -hmm. uh k is also very strong and it still has room to 76 dollars or more uh into those uh highs and again see it's ranging and but it's it's also going higher. Uh, Coca-Cola, K-O, um, Coca-Cola and Pepsi, again, very strong. Look at it, continuing higher, doesn't have a worry in the world. I know 64 to 66 bucks is a lot of resistance. Breaks yeah. above that, clear sky above. Yeah. Um, uh, also, M-O, M-O. Yeah. Yeah, Altria, here uh -huh. we go, yeah. MO is consolidating. Look at that little tiny consolidation that it has right there on this chart, on this daily chart. Still has room into the 200 symbol moving average into the 40 bucks. And if it's going to digest the 40 bucks, it's going to punch higher. I like the double bottom low that it has into the $40 area. I like the higher low just into the $43 area. And I think that we're trying to set a little bit of a trend here, even though the moving average is not following uh, price, but it's kind of like shifting, uh, shifting a little bit higher. You know what else I like? I like PPC, which is um, uh, uh, Pilgrim's, Pride. Pilgrim, Pilgrim's Pil Pride. Pilgrim Pride. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so chicken, pop, pop, pop. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> All right, look at these little chickens right here. If the if we break, if the price breaks above this 200 SMA, right. boom, it can go higher. 28, 30 bucks. I mean, these and are I'm really sure I'm you I'm sure you love the orderly fashion, huh? In other words, <laughs> I mean, this thing uh, is the poster child of trending. Yes. I mean, look, yes. it goes from 32 down to 22. I don't think it violated the blue line hardly at all. It's gone from 22 up to 26. It's just uh, when it gets going in that direction, it tends to uh, do the old uh, body in motion till it tends to stand in, stay in motion. Yeah, exactly. And you know what else is higher? Smuckers, S-J-M. So it's all this food that is going higher. Look Sounds like inflation is going to be a lot higher than people think. Sounds like those rates yeah. are going to go higher than people think. And I think, exactly. think the market's really ready for all that, is it? I think so, too.
I think so too. And I think that this is a good thing to watch, you Mm -hmm. know, watch for setups, you know, watch for, you know, the, the specifics that you're watching for every single day, whether you're watching for a pullback, also, zoom on the time frame. Uh, very important that you're trading. Whether you're a swing trader, focus yeah. on the daily, weekly. If you're a day trader, you know, just focus on smaller time frames. But these are really good things. And I think the other thing is that you and Dan were discussing already ROSD. That's another theme. That's the holiday shopping. I call it theme with the ROSD with TJ Maxx. Oh with yeah, Costco. Yeah. They want the cheap yeah. stuff. They want the cheap With stuff. With Best Buy, uh, Dick's, Macy's, like yeah. all of these stocks that yeah. are, uh, you know, you know. But just, is, just... is there a risk? To, is there a risk that they front run all the good news, and you are providing liquidity for the smart people who bought two weeks ago? That's the question, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you have to be. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, you have to be a little careful. But I mean, I'm looking at uh, Constellation Brands, STZ, and that's uh, you know another confirmation of your theme. And uh, the other one is actually- I love that SD. Yeah. And then Kroger, who actually is the store where all these stuff's being sold, KR, and they just bought Albertsons. Of course, they got to go in front of Congress and explain why that's not a monopolies. And since I live in a city that those are the only two grocery stores, I'd love Hmm. to hear what they got to say on that. But at any rate- Yeah, that's going to be super interesting. Kroger, yes. And I'm in Kroger. Disclaimer, I have been in Kroger for some time now. Uh, But uh, it reports this week. So that's going to be interesting as well. They report. I found a a food focused ETF, PBJ. Oh, Oh, okay. You know what, David? I didn't know about this. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't didn't know about it either. I just, you were talking about it. So I Googled. Oh my gosh, Uh, I love it. And I uh, love the chart as well. Yeah, there's, um, gee, this is another one. Oh, wait, this keyboard's having fun. Here's another food-focused one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah, it's going. Um, hey, uh, I was just wondering, Dan, do you want to show a couple of strategies that you're kind of keen on uh, before we run out of time so people get a little bit of a taste because uh, we get a pretty good idea of what Anka's looking at. How about yourself? Do you have a, any strategy you want to discuss a little bit? Yeah, you know, um, there's a couple of things that are hitting my uh, credit spread scanner that are interesting. Mind if I share my screen up here? No, please do. We always do better when we can see a visual rather than use our imagination. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a a couple of spreads in particular. I'm finding, first of all here, well, Las Vegas Sands, uh, LVS. Uh, What popped up here is the December 2nd, 4547 call credit spread, which basically means as long as Las Vegas Sands stays below 45 uh, for the next week, the trade wins as pretty well. So let's, let's kind of analyze that. Uh, So if we go to LVS and we look at a chart, so this is a year's long chart. Remember, the stock would have to stay below 45 for this to be a winner. Um, we had earnings uh, and had a little bit of a climb through there, a little over, a little extended, but I guess RSI doesn't necessarily show overextended, but we do have that resistance. We bounced off it. This has been sort of a pivot point in the past and the options are priced, you know, fairly expensive with, uh, I keep talking about implied volatility. You know, basically historical volatility is theoretically where the options should be priced, but they end up being priced a little bit higher if we go into um, into the option. You know, you can sell about a 50 and a half volatility. I'm actually currently working in order here to sell 
uh, just a little bit different. I want to grab myself an extra 50 cents a wiggle. That great. If, and then discipline, one, you need your discipline, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. There's no chasing. And then GH, uh, is an interesting one as well. It's a little tricky because the options are wide, but it, it's a similar story there, but this is the regular December expiration. So this brings us out about, uh, you know, almost four weeks. But this says as long as, as GH stays below 60, the trades will end. So if we pull up that chart, sort of. So yeah, as long as we stay below a 60 and, you know, we've got beautiful, beautiful, massive priced. Um, there's been a little bit bearish, but of both. And, you know, and we've got that 200 day moving average, not much of a, of a relative strength going on. So that's another one that I kind of like, um, which showed up really, really on our scanner that, uh, I'm going to take just a little bit of a closer look at as soon as we're the call here. And, uh, one of those on us. Okay. All right. We're coming to the top. Are you done? You're done, right, Dan? Yeah. 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 Uh, Cause you're going to, you're going to, uh, now you're going to tell people exactly how to get a hold of you so you can get into the water deeper on all this stuff. Cause in this format, we both know this is not uh, going to be exhaustive as far as trying to explain how these things work and exactly how you help people with these things. So give us an idea again, how to get a hold of you. And uh, if you have any special offers, this is a good time to extend them. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, your best bet is to just simply go to uh, markettaker.com. It's market as in stock market, taker as Lear's, two T's in a row, markettaker.com. And your best bet is to just simply click join free and that'll get you a whole bunch of great resources. Our newsletter, it'll tell you when we're having webinars. In fact, we're having a webinar on our time spread, uh, time spread genius um, system coming up just tomorrow night. And you'll get an invite to that. Okay, perfect. Anka, again, uh, you have a lot of different services that you provide. A little uh, clue on how to get a hold of you and uh, any special offers you have and things like that. All right, so you can reach us, guys, on tradeoutloud.com. You're going to have a pop-up um, window that uh, when you go to our website, you can put your email in there. And uh, whenever we have a webinar and we're preparing a really cool webinar for next week, which is going to be uh, a preparation for uh, 2023 and some strategies that we're going to be revealing that are uh, going, we think, uh, going to be appropriate for uh, 2023. So get on that list and uh, uh, stay tuned. You know, we're just trying to rock and roll this market. Exactly. Okay, great to have you guys with us. As far as optionprofessor.com, just go to the website and uh, you can get uh, details on how to hedge your portfolio against market declines. And when the VIX is at 21 and we can't get through 40, 25 on the S&P, might not be a bad time to dust off the umbrella. And uh, also how to protect yourself against upside surprises, which since oct uh, October, obviously, we've seen a lot of that too. So optionprofessor.com. And uh, we'll give you our 2023 view on a lot of these markets as well. Okay, thanks a lot, you guys, for being here. And uh, we'll be talking again soon, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to send it back over to David. All right. Uh, great episode. We covered a lot of info today. So uh, just a quick reminder for everyone, be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. And you can also just go to timingresearch.com and you can get access to today's episode as soon as I can get it posted, as well as any of the past uh, presentations and events and shows. Um, so I just want to thank my guests again for today, Dan Passarelli of markettaker.com.
and Anka Metcalf of tradeoutloud.com and the option professor of optionprofessor.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so Thanks, much, David. David. Thanks, everybody.